Welcome everyone to another one of our employee advocacy series interviews and uh, this is with Analytica and Tribal Impact and today we're delighted to have uh, Dave Perry from WSP, so the lead um, global social media and employee advocacy uh, manager. So thanks very much for joining us, Dave. Well, thank you for inviting me. A pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm really I'm, I have to say I'm warning you now because with three kids at home, I'm running dangerously with the door half open. So who knows what could happen on this one? So, well, I'm I got a dog and there might be some delivery happening in the next hour. So if I go mute for a while, that's because there's a big dog, big Bernese, uh, you know, barking in the background. So it's all good. And so if all three of us stay on without any interruptions, it'll be a miracle. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Great. So, so for, all our, for all our listeners, uh, Dave, I mean, you know, Social Dave, I think, sort of sums you up because you're because you live and breathe uh, social media, have a very kind of social first attitude. But it'd be really great to to explain to the audience a bit about how you developed your uh, your social presence and and also a bit about your employee advocacy program. Yeah, so um, it's a bit of a long story. I actually got into social media. So Social Dave is actually my second uh, Twitter account. Um, I have another one that I still use today, but it's for gaming. So I basically split uh, two um, spheres of my life, the kind of geek, gamey, nerdy, um, you know, fantasy uh, persona with Crazy Connects, which is another um, handle that I use, and Social Day for anything that's marketing, professional life, career, that sort of thing. Um, and so I got into social media through through gaming. I first started uh, doing blogs uh, back in 2005, so a long, long time ago. Um, got into podcasting. Um, I did actually three series uh, of podcasts, uh, one of which uh, lasted for about 25 episodes, so, you know, quite some time. And that was this was before the heydays of podcasting, you know, we're talking 2008, 2010, uh, maybe. And um, back then, I was in uh, sales, business development role. And so LinkedIn and Twitter, I slowly got into that and kind of like figured, hey, this, this, this is a great way to connect with people that I'm trying to engage with. Um, so started uh, doing that. And I think actually, uh, I won some sort of, uh, I think they called it the Tweety Award, uh, you know, the, the, the little birdie. Uh, uh, character um, because I was using Twitter and I was trying to get everybody within my my team to be on Twitter to use it to do biz dev and that sort of thing um, and so you know it's basically been going on since then um, had to stop the blog at one point restarted the blog a couple of times uh, over the years I've actually done some posts this year so hopefully this is this is the year where I uh, rekindle my love for uh, for blogging, uh, but definitely, I mean, it's been, um, you know, with all the negativity that we hear about social networks and all the dark side of that, um, we don't hear enough of the, you know, the fantastic opportunity that it uh, presents, the ability to connect with people that uh, you share a passion with, whether it's a hobby, uh, whether it's, you know, something as, as, as large as, you know, traveling, could be, you know, renos, could be parenting, I mean, whatever it is. And of course, you know, your professional side, your career side. So, you know, marketing and all that, connecting with peers, people who are passionate about, you know, social advocacy and employee advocacy, making those connections. Um, and that's basically, I mean, that's that's the 
that's the magic behind it, um, to be able to make those connections, those one-on-ones. Because in the end, that's what, you know, that's what that's what we are. That's why people group themselves uh, in, and cluster themselves in cities, um, and you know, uh, hopefully go back to mingling and in large crowds once this this whole pandemic is over. Um, but we're by nature social creatures, um, and so to me, uh, social networks. Uh, is an extension of that, and I think we focus too much on, uh, or the media focuses too much on uh, when it goes bad, and not enough when it goes amazingly great. And there's tons of you know amazing uh, things, you know, connections with people that I've made over the years, people that I've never actually met, um, but just by connecting on Twitter and uh, you know Instagram or through blogs and exchanging that sort of thing, you develop you know a relationship and. Uh, um, I would say, in some instances, as strong as if you know it's somebody down the street that you see uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you were a bit of a pioneer then, Dave. Like so, quite early on, before social was even a thing. You know, two thousand and eight. That's so. We, for for the folks that are joining us today, do you want to just describe your role at um, WSP and what you're responsible for? And you know, yeah, so um, so WSP is a professional services consulting uh, firm. We um, we're pure play, and so our areas of uh, uh, the, the sectors that we uh, operate in are engineering, um, earth sciences, environment, property and buildings. You know, a whole variety of um, of spheres. Um, and my role, basically, I came into WSP about two and a half years ago, a little over two and a half years ago, as a global advisor for social media. My role was to give uh, WSP a greater visibility on social media. Um, and uh, we're a bit of a, a, a different um, player uh, within the sphere in the sense that um, there's a global presence, so WSP Global has, you know, all the social channels, LinkedIn and whatnot. Uh, but then each region has its own little LinkedIn page and maybe a Twitter account and an Instagram account and a Facebook page. So there's a lot of these around. So when I came in, it was okay. Let's look at everything. Are there any, uh, you know, pages that are, um, you know, dormant, not being used, shouldn't be used, that sort of thing. So kind of clean up the whole thing. And, uh, and give visibility both at global level and also at the what we call regional level, so a countrywide level. So in my day to day, I work with comms teams from uh, you know um, Canada, US, all over the place, uh, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Finland, Sweden, UK. I mean, it's 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 fantastic, and I love it. You know, I was I was on a call with um, colleagues from Asia, New Zealand, and Australia last night at 8 p.m. Uh, sometimes I'm on call at 6 a.m. in the morning with folks in in uh, in Europe, um, and so I work with them to basically increase our reach within uh, social networks um, for all these regions, so that they have a bigger presence. And you know, when somebody looks for a specific service, specific expertise in you know Finland, whether it's Germany, Finland, France, when they type that into uh, LinkedIn's search bar, you know, our folks. Our subject matter experts come up. Um, our pages, our showcase pages, or or company pages uh, come up. So if I've done a good job over the last two and a half years, you know we've increased that presence, and we have. But, uh, but that's basically my goal is uh, is to do that, working with the local uh, Marcoms teams. And I suppose that that engineering doesn't you know it isn't um, you know always put with social media. 
because you know as a sector that you know it, it's obviously something that um you know people understand beauty products but you know engineering and social media is very very different so um can you can you share some of your experiences or advice on on how you've applied social media and also individually how you've tried to because obviously you sort of lead in social media how you've been able to try and inspire and develop employees you know a, across the globe because it, it must be a massive challenge in uh, in all these kind of companies to be able to move a beast um, yeah. of social first and employee-led content um, I mean definitely it is you know prior to being at WSP I was with a, um, a law firm um, and so the personality of our partners very different from that of you know an engineer or somebody working in stem uh very much different they're you know much more um uh, a type personality so you tell them listen you start you know pushing content on linkedin twitter blogging whatever you're going to get attention people will you know come and see seek your advice uh seek your expertise um to that sort of uh, individual um, you know, that's that's all they need to know. Boom, off there, you know, running off the ground. When I joined WSP, I was like looking at all the projects that we work, uh, you know, amazing projects all over the world, whether, you know, bridges, buildings, communities, uh, roads, highways. I mean, you know, great, great stuff, great content. Um, and I was like, you know, this is going to be easy peasy. You know, we'll get the engineers <laughs> to push that out. Uh, and, uh, you know, they'll be very active. Well, I mean, lo and behold, it's a different crowd. And what worked when I was at this law firm did not work at WSP. So, okay, change the sort of how we approach the, 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 the topic, who we reached out to, um, you know, seeking uh, individuals that were a little more somewhat active and social media savvy. So some of our employees, subject matter experts are already active on uh, on LinkedIn, uh, you know, probably and to a lesser degree than we would want them to be and where they will be eventually. Um, but, you know, started with blocking those and identifying those individuals and working with these. What you have to understand is that, um, you know, it's not, uh, you know, with a snap of fingers, you give them the tool, you give them the knowledge and off they go and they know everything. And, you know, there's a lot of handholding. It's a long-term process. And, um, you know, I, I was watching a, a video from, uh, uh, I don't think it's a TED Talk, but it was a presentation from Simon Sinek on the infinite game. Mm. So I'm, I'm playing the infinite game. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm there for the long term. This isn't something that, you know, I'm going to get you, uh, you know, huge uh, uh, ROI within, within a week. Uh, you know, huge audience. It's not because you start, you know, being active on LinkedIn that you go from 160 connections to, you know, 50,000 followers. You can get there. And people started at 160 or just a few hundred, a few dozen uh, uh, followers and connections. But long term, you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to work at it every day. Um, I, when I do my training, I often say social media is like gardening. It's something that you can't, you know, just dump a bunch of seeds topsoil, some fertilizer and water at the beginning of summer, and then come back to, you know, Versailles at the end of the summer. No, 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 no. You got to, you know, you got to take out the weeds. You got to keep going at it, make sure it's got enough water and fertilizer and whatnot, you know, keep it clean, uh, give it some love, you know, every day. Keep um, it clean in terms of language, do, do you mean? Two, 
<laughs> that too. <laughs> no, what uh, my garden looks terrible then, David. I see, honestly, every day is the school day, isn't it? <laughs> I plant my vegetables and I'm just thinking, well, why are they not, you know, what's going on? <laughs> exactly. So, well, I mean, it's go. something that you have to do and keep at it. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're diligent, if um, you're consistent, you'll get there. And that's what we, you know, that's what we tell our folks, you know. Um, I mean, definitely you have to approach it when you, when you position employee advocacy, when you're selling it, um, you know, to the team to justify the cost and the investment, you know, you talk about the benefits to the organization and why, you know, having our employees, our subject matter experts out there, uh, you know, pushing and sharing thought leadership will increase our visibility, our, mar our share of market. When you're presenting it and selling it to the individuals who are saying, hey, you know, my hours are billable. Um, if I'm going to switch from working on this project to pushing content on social media, it better be, you know, uh, a value to me in the medium to long term, short term, ideally. But, you know, it has there has to be a, some value to me. So you when you present it to them, you have to focus on what's in it for them. What's the benefit for them? Increasing their brand, personal brand, making them more visible as thought leaders. Uh, being recognized, uh, you know, tagging journalists when they come up to an, an interesting article so that eventually that journalist might reach out to them because they're writing on the same topic that uh, that individual has uh, has shared. So you've got to sell it differently to within the organization, both from trying to get the budgets for it and trying to um, get your uh, your employees to uh, to be active. I so. think you're spot on there, Dave, because, I mean, different different employees will have different motivations and they're in different roles, so they're going to have different outputs as well. So a salesperson on social is going to be quite different to an engineer or a technical person. I just want to call out, hi, Anita. So she's popped in the chat because people hey, are talking hey. So Anita's here, uh, if she's still here, and there's a delay. So by the time me saying this, she probably will just hear it in a minute. And Marcy said they're also very happy to have you there for the long haul, Dave. So um, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Marcy. Got a bit of a fan club joining. So, <laughs> please make a, a note in the comments if if you're watching. Just uh, tell us who you are and where you're from, so we can we can make this as interactive as possible. Sorry, yeah. sorry, you were you were saying. And any questions as well for Dave? This is a great opportunity. I did have one question actually. Well, I've got several, but we'll start with this one because you mentioned that you're talking to people all around the world. One of the questions I get a lot from customers is cultural differences when it comes to social media. So some countries they're post, 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 post. Doesn't matter about the engagement. Other countries are all like. Mm not doing any of this this is not my job you know I'm not on social media but then you've got the tools as well so I just wanted to ask you about your experiences with cultural differences and attitudes towards social um, I mean definitely you have to take those into account um, but you have to decide um, at a global level what your uh, what your key metrics will be and those might not be the usual vanity metrics that we often see uh, and uh, and depending on that that sort of level of maturity within the you know social organization pyramid that that particular uh, you know team within that region is, um, you can't make them jump you know a few levels within uh, you know within a call and whatnot. So you've got to work with them at the level that they're at to say, okay, we're going to bring you up to here, uh, and then slowly have everybody you know move towards that sort of. Uh, long-term goal 
Um, and, and, and that long-term goal always moves, you know, forward with you as you're going up. There is no, there's no, I don't see, I don't think there's an end game. There's always, you know, uh, fresh, uh, you know, new employees that come in, some that retire, some that leave. So there's all, always this sort of, uh, churning of, uh, of the wheel. But if you've set your mind to where things need to be or where they need to move to, then you'll be able to bring every region from the level that they're at working with them. Uh, you know, and that is through education, through working with the team, understanding what their priorities are. Uh, you know, if you're, um, uh, if your goal was to get everybody on Twitter and super active on Twitter, uh, well, maybe in that region of the world, Twitter isn't the thing. You have to understand that. You have to respect that, and you've got to focus or change your uh, your tactics so that um, you're still able to apply your strategy long term, but using different tools because of the, as you say, you know, the cultural differences uh, and the maturity level of the uh, organization or you know your your team in that in that part of the world. Uh, yeah. Just making a note there. And I'm also just trying to divert my attention from an argument that's happening in the kitchen right now. So my husband has just dived out the door. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, geez. I knew this was going to work. <laughs> I th I think that, uh, we're not hearing anything, so we're good. Yeah. Just uh, just just gloss over it. I've yeah. actually found that um, that that it is sunny um, sometimes in England, and so the sun just shone brightly on my face. So I had to quickly divert my camera. Um, so, how do you like personally with your social media uh, influence, Dave? Like, uh, is is this something that that you like? How do you inspire your colleagues? Because you talked about like what's in it for them, but do you feel like? Uh, you being present on social and the and how active you are is yeah how important do you think that is in sort of in your role and and being able to kind of walk the walk as well as talk the talk um i, I mean to me it's super important you know i'm drinking the kool-aid i'm making it i'm you know sharing it and i'm drinking it um I mean, definitely, if you are active um, as as I am, it's much easier to warrant. Uh, to talk about the benefits, to talk about how to become f efficient at doing it. You know, there are tools that you can use, um, you know, from Buffer to TweetDeck to now Twitter, you know, being able to schedule uh, your tweets within Twitter itself um, to um, I IFTTT, if this, then that. You know, some of you may know about that. So, you know, I've got two Twitter accounts, two Instagram accounts. Um, I've got one LinkedIn account. Uh, one Facebook account, a Facebook group. Um, I'm not doing that 724. I'm being efficient about how I move stuff. I find a good article. I'll schedule it uh, within Buffer to both tw my Twitter account, whether it's Social Day or Crazy Connects. I'll do the same for LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I don't post you know, 20 times a day. I'm much more active on my two uh, Twitter accounts. So definitely over the years, I've uh, you know developed techniques, ways of pack packaging uh, tweets, recognizing what's what's uh, what's of interest to me and what's of interest to the people that I've over the years uh, gained as uh, as connections. I mean, um, one of the first things I do when I sit down uh, once I've made my coffee and I've had a couple of sips is to look at TweetDeck. I'll look at all those, you know, those those columns that I have. You know, some of it is about uh, some of you know what we do in all our WSP accounts. I'll look at you know what's being posted recently, 
are there some good, you know, good content there that we can reuse? Uh, you know, personally, I'm a big uh, fan of women in STEM. I think it's super important. I think the world will benefit if we, you know, tap into that 50% of our uh, brain power and, and bring in uh, women into um, science, technology, engineering, and math. And so that's something that I monitor. I monitor that hashtag. I share that. I'll plan. I'll schedule it. So I'm efficient with the way that I do. So that to somebody on the outside, a complete novice, it might seem as though, geez, you're, you know, you're on that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I am not, you know, I'm. I'm so how, do you, how do you apply that model? Because that's, that's really interesting hearing your efficiency, because what part of what Sarah and I talk about a lot to, to people is, is how to get busy people active and how to get it you know, valuable for them. So because you're, you're very uh, attuned to doing it, very, very mature in, in how you apply it, how do you get a novice to, to use these kind of tools to be able to, to be time efficient? Uh, you, you start small, one step at a time. You start with, hey, you're going to do one post a week. I'm going to show you how to do it. Uh, you know, here's this great tool that we use for employee advocacy. Um, it will allow you to uh, you know, get access to great content. So you're looking for content to share. We'll have that content. We'll remove all the noise so that you can focus on what's important for you. Um, and then pick one article and share it, you know, once a week. Start with that. Once they start getting engage engagement and people start commenting on those content and an old colleague reaches out and a potential hire, you know, seeks uh, information, they go, wow, oh my God, you know, there's the potential. And then, uh, an online conversation on uh, on LinkedIn becomes an offline, you know, uh, call becomes a small opportunity, which leads to three, four, five years down the road to a much bigger opportunity. Um, you know, will five years from now will they remember that this started with a conversation on LinkedIn? Probably not. Very hard to you know link all those breadcrumbs, um, but I've seen it happen. It it does happen. I take, you know, I take note of that when it does, and I, I reuse that. Um, so, you know, during our first year of employee advocacy, we actually had somebody um, that uh, in the UK um, that was hired by engaging with content that one of our ambassadors was sharing. Uh, so that was a big win. So, you know, you start very small. You make them comfortable with the, with the medium, with what they need to do. Um, you know, at first they might not be using hashtags or tagging people. And then once they get into the habit of posting, you bring in, you know, tagging and you, you let them understand why it's, it's such a, you know, fantastic way of, uh, you know, raising attention to the post that they've made from the author that they were, uh, quoting, um, and yeah, then so slowly they get into that. So in terms of the, in terms of your scheduling, and efficiency then then that's for maybe some people that are doing it already but then saying look i'm really really busy i don't think i can take it to the next level so th you apply that efficiency to them but the people to start is more of a um encouraging and like getting them to do one a, one a week um through, yeah, I mean, through directly with a platform or through your employee advocacy tool Definitely, and, and and showing them that they can schedule it, maybe schedule two posts for the next two weeks, and then they only have to come back in two weeks unless they see some content that they really want to share because they get a digest, uh, you know, every morning or every other day through um, to the platform that we use. Uh, you know, definitely that will help. But you can't, you know, 
even if I tell you exactly how to drive an F1 car, if you've only driven, you know, on on roads and you've, you know, you've driven automatic, you're not going to understand and you're not going to leverage the F1 like somebody who's gone from F1, you know, car to karting to F500 to eventually F1. So it, there's no there's no value in in getting them in the cockpit of an F1 right from the get-go. You need to start small, get them comfortable, get them at ease to understand, to see the, the potential, uh, and then they get it. And then they do more. Yeah, and in our experience, not everybody wants to drive an F1 car. Some are quite comfortable in their Skoda or they're, you know, they're, they're happy. You know, it's about getting them as far as they want to go in uh, in comfortable. We've got a question for you, Dave, from Anita. So um, she said, here, uh, you know, many times we get asked by execs how to find and source external content. What's your advice on that? Because they mainly use LinkedIn. So To find good content. Mm, for execs, busy execs that don't have a lot of time. Uh, well, they have. That, that's the beauty of an employee advocacy platform is that you're dividing that sort of uh, work that you know is required to identify good content um, by having someone uh, you know from another part of the organization you know across the world who reads this very uh, uh, niche website and the content is amazing. And he or she, you know, suggests that content to the platform, and then that executive has access to that. Uh, do that, you know, 50, 100, 500, 5,000 times. There'll be more than plenty of great content. Um, and then, you know, the way that you've got a, if you if you've got a, a, well, most modern employee advocacy platform have a way to sort of. Uh, weed out the noise. So if I'm, you know, focused in my my vertical, my sector, my industry is is energy, and I don't want to see anything about bridges and buildings. I want to focus on energy. Well, you know, a way for only me for for me to only see content with, um, uh, you know, about energy, and I'll get that. So for them, being on such a platform for those executives that have little time, makes them that much more efficient because we've made the content. Uh, you know, we've, we've uh, curated the content specifically to their uh, wants and needs. Mm. That's it. You just raised an interesting point there, actually, about curating content from the people who use the platform. A lot of platforms have that shut down. Um, so a lot of companies, they don't want the suggestions or they're not encouraging employees to suggest as much as they could. And I think what you, where I've seen advocacy programs work really well is where 30% plus of the content is coming from the members um, because they're reading it, right? So if they're reading it, some other people might be interested in reading it. So I think it's really good that you're encouraging that, um, you know, that kind of content submitted by members. So, yep. yeah. I mean, definitely. And then, you know, you've got some, you always have members within your program that are um, a lot more active than your average employee on the platform. Yeah. You know, they'll be suggesting a lot of content as long as the content is right and is, is, is good. And when it's not, you let them know why, um, you know, that content comes in. You might have in the beginning when you're, you know, when you're starting off your program, you might have to be a little more hands on and, you know, you yourself, you know, I myself as a, as the, uh, you know, global, global admin for the program, I'm putting probably way more content than, um, than, well, not that I should, but that I will eventually once we've had this sort of momentum and we've got enough, 
ambassadors on the platform suggesting content. Um, so at first, you might have to do that a little bit, identify those sources. If you see, you know, someone suggesting content, you know, once, twice, a couple of more times from a specific websites, well, maybe you should link that RSS feed into your platform and start identifying content. Let the content managers or the channel managers um, add that content to the platform. So, um, I mean, it's all these little things that will get you to where you want to um, where you want to be. Uh, can I just ask you, Dave, about your own personal accounts? Because you got two Twitter accounts, two Instagram accounts, Facebook. You were saying. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen you on TikTok yet, but um, uh, how, how do you personally manage your your time? Like, what, what what's your strategy? Because you're you're very active, so I'm always uh, and our, our audience always interested in in understanding. Some people have a very strict routine. Some people just like post when they feel like posting. You've obviously got scheduling as part of your routine. I mean, how do you how do you approach it it during your day? And do you have a different strategy per per platform? I do, I do, and, and by the way, I am on TikTok. I'm not active on TikTok, but I'm on TikTok because my daughter, um, you know, teenager, is on TikTok. So I want to be able to see what she does and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and 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 I told her it's not, to, you know, it's not about me, you know, monitoring what she's doing. It's about us having a conversation about what she sees, what she consumes, and what she does with the content. Um, you know, I got my kids uh, or my daughter at ten. On, uh, on Instagram because I wanted to have that sort of conversation because I knew that, you know, when they hit teens, um, you know, dad doesn't have the same value or dad's opinion doesn't have the same sort of value as, uh, as, as when they're uh, a bit younger. Um, in terms of my scheduling, um, so I use tools, as I mentioned, such as uh, Buffer. I'll use, you know, our, our advocacy platform, Smart. Uh, to schedule some content as well. But with Buffer, I can schedule per channel uh, 10 pieces of content uh, at a time. So I can have in my queue 10 articles. So 10 articles covers a whole week of LinkedIn and more um, if I post twice a day, which I don't even. Um, and you know, on Twitter, same thing. And of course, what I share on LinkedIn gets shared on Twitter gets formatted differently, but that happens. So usually um, I might sit, I, I'll do that over the weekend for Social Dave, uh, for, for that for those accounts, um, so LinkedIn and Twitter, um, where I'll schedule my week ahead. I've identified some interesting content. Um, I'm still gonna leave myself with a bit of uh, opportunity to re, you know, reshare quote tweets that I see throughout the week. So in my day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, during the workday, it'll be Social Dave. Um, and then I've got some notifications on the other accounts uh, for my gaming uh, Twitter accounts. Um, I'll do that again. I'll load it up over the weekend or maybe at night. Uh, I'll load it up with a bunch of articles and, and videos and things that I've seen which are relevant to that audience of gamers and geeks and whatnot. Um, you know, kind of my, my um, always on teenage mode, I call it. Uh, <laughs> so, so basically, uh, you know, you've got to be efficient. I, I'm not on it, you know, all the time. I'm not watching this, you know, all the time. Um, you know, I don't have phones or tablets when we have dinner and, and, and uh, when we eat, uh, when, when it's family dinner time. Um, so that uh, it's, it's a question of managing it into bite size and planning for it ahead of time. Uh, if I know that I'm going to be super busy for the rest of uh, the week, I'll make sure that I've got 
a load of content uh, being pushed out. Um, and then I engage with whomever uh, interacts with that content. I try to do that, you know, within a few hours of, uh, of you know, people commenting and replying or retweeting my, uh, my content um, in between breaks, that sort of thing, in between, you know, like I'll go from one meeting to the other, I'll jump in, do a couple of little tweets and likes and, and, and you know, um, funny, uh, funny gifts uh, response. Um, I've, I've, uh, I believe I've mastered the gift response pretty well. I don't know how you find those, but they are just absolutely apt for the response. So I'm just like, <laughs> I like your humor. Yeah. And, and sometimes, it's, well, thank you. Uh, sometimes it's much easier to, you know, respond with the GIF without yeah. uh, without even writing anything. Just, you yeah. know, you do you do the, the right search, you find the right one and you, boom, send it <laughs> off and, and you're good. And it, that took you, what, five, ten seconds. So um, so you do that. What's your take on the new, the, the social platform of the moment, Dave? Clubhouse, are you in it? Have you heard of it? Is anyone uh, I've heard of it. I'm not on it, right. um, and uh, and I won't. I, I refuse to run to the you know latest and, and newest shiny thing in in the store. Um, you know, eventually, if I'm invited or if it's if it opens up and I can be on it, fine. Um, I'm a big Spotify user. I'm content with Spotify. It does what it needs to do. Uh, maybe we'll move into you know Clubhouse if it uh, uh, if it becomes. But uh, I think that there are core social networks that have you know a proven uh, value. Um, and, and when we've got you know new employees joining and saying, okay, you know, like uh, I can post through this platform that we've got here uh, through Smart. You know, we can post to all these social channels, do I need to be on Twitter or do I need to have an Instagram account? And I'm like, well, where are you active right now? LinkedIn? Okay, well, LinkedIn should be where you, you know, focus most of your attention. It's, it's you know, the most business focus of those channels. So focus on that and, you know, give your attention to, uh, to that. If you become eventually um, comfortable and, and efficient on LinkedIn and you want to, you know, try out, then I would say, Probably Twitter, maybe Instagram, um, and then you use them differently. I I use my Instagram accounts, you know, for personal stuff. I'm able, you know, more than professional. Uh, you know, I mean, there's not there hasn't been any conferences or travel because of business in the last year, so for sure it's all family stuff and and vacation and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I use them I use them differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love your snowy pictures on Instagram and your camping pictures in the summer. <laughs> Although I'm never going to camp as, as raw as you do, social, social Dave. I'm not going <laughs> to. You just will, will go into a wood and set up a tent. Goodness me. No, it's not that, that much. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big um, outdoors in Canada, isn't it? Uh, it is. With all it the bears, is. though, Tim. It's like, why would you do that, Dave? I was like, no. <laughs> Campsite, fenced off amenities that's my yeah it's not that bad but then you know i have to be honest that that first shower when when we get back <laughs> and that first night in in uh, you know in a comfortable modern uh bedroom with the mattress is <laughs> is is is, is beautiful <laughs> you know, you did touch on a little point there, and I hope you don't mind me sort of going off message here, but you talked about being on TikTok because your daughter's on TikTok. And some of the questions I get from 
our customers who have families and you know it's quite interesting that conversation about the and it ties into what we were talking about i think before we came on on air but it was about social risk right everybody's talking about the problems on social media and the risks on social media but there is also an opportunity to network mm-hmm. and how you educate your kids but also people that you're dealing with they've all watched that netflix thing you know the the that scared the life out of them and they've all taken their facebook app off their phone and stuff you know we we talk to employees that's just like i'm not doing that you know the social dilemma um yeah how do you navigate yourself around that conversation with employees but also with you know your kids i guess uh well i mean with any technology comes a lot of you know positive and that's why people adapt that technology um but there's also you know kind of a a way to misuse that technology i could annoy the hell out of a bunch of people if i pick up my phone and randomly dialed anywhere in in the world i could annoy a bunch of people um but that's not how i choose to use the phone you know uh you know doing prank calls as teenagers maybe but you know that quickly uh fades um i think that we have to focus on you know how to leverage those technologies those those social networks and focus on focus on that but definitely there's an education that has to happen with that and it's not by um preventing uh you know youth from being on those social networks and then all of a sudden you know the gates open and it's a free for all and they have not developed a sort of uh critical mindset in okay you know who is this asking me to connect and asking me for information if you've had that sort of conversation if you've slowly taking those steps um i think is the uh is definitely be- the, the best approach um i was reading an article on you know kind of a similar topic on on kids and gaming and violent games and gaming and and the, the article basically boiled down to you know the games by themselves don't necessarily make them more violent, but conversation with your kids about the games and while, when they're playing games and what games they're playing is important. And I was like, really? Like, of course, speaking with your kids about what interests them is the way to go. So definitely having the, that sort of conversation to be able to educate them, to understand how Facebook worked. You know, we're not paying for Facebook. Why is that? Because you're the product. Your eyeballs are the, you know, you're the ones that the marketers are trying to get. If you understand that, if you understand the algorithms, you know, behind it, if you understand that, you know, this article, which seems shocking, well, who wrote it? Who is, you know, what's what's this news organization? Who's the journalist? What's his background? Um, You know, what sphere does he or she play into? Having that sort of critical mindset, I think is important in any sphere, whether it's, you know, social networks or traditional media or, you know, any marketing uh, vehicle, having that ability to take a step back, look at it and to say, okay, what, what's their goal here? Why am I seeing this? Why, you know, is this link bait? You know, do they want me to click on it so that I get to, you know, see ads on their, you know, that sort of thing. So having that I think is important, whatever age you come into, you know, uh, using those technologies, if you've got that mindset, if you've built that sort of that toolbox of looking at content and understanding it, whatever new clubhouse, TikTok, uh, tactic, or whatever new social media that uh, that comes up, you'll be able to um, kind of you know understand the dynamics behind it. 
Yeah, and I, you know, and that is not just with kids, actually. That is with employees as well. I think, you know, that's like exactly. connect to someone. Do you really know them? Do you really know them? How many mutual connections have you got? You know, are you in a popularity network building contest here or are you more into a let's build some quality networks? And I think it's the whole risk mitigation, isn't it? And the confidence that comes mm -hmm. with that. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go yeah, on. I, mean, I was going to ask, um, with engineers, do you encourage them to to share very personal stories about because I've seen some of the execs actually in tech companies start sharing how proud they are about their kids or some very personal stories which are on LinkedIn and Twitter and wouldn't I wouldn't normally have seen that kind of content and actually they're getting really really great engagement which could lead to further engagement obviously when they're when they're focusing on business mm -hmm. so do do you do you kind of just work them out individually and and like see what they're wanting to achieve and like what's in it for them or do you do you give them a bit of a playbook of you know encourage them to share personal stories to to drive that emotive engagement rather than maybe some some more industry content um i think it's a, it's a personal choice um i think we can't uh you know we can't force specific behaviors on on a platform, the platform is available. It has some features. How LinkedIn has devised the platform should be used is one thing. How users are actually using it is another completely. And so enforcing and saying you should, you should not is is a very dangerous uh, sort of game to play. I think that it's more of a, you know, what's your level of comfort? And if you notice that your audience, your connections is resonating well with the stories that you're sharing, whether they are you know, professional expertise, personal story. Um, if it resonates well, then, you know, you should keep engaging and, and, and building upon that sort of thread. Um, uh, you know, is, is there a limit to how much you share? I think so. Should you share everything that happens to you personally on LinkedIn? I personally don't think so. Um, uh, but I think it's, it. I'm not the one who should be dictating what they should and should not that the platform will evolve will self uh sort of police and of all the networks linkedin's probably the um the one that's been the most consistent over the years you know we have seen from time to time those sorts of personal stories um i see them on a regular basis you know maybe a few times a week i've you know quite a large not enough uh, network and i follow uh, even more uh, connections, uh, even more people. Um, and I think that what I see is, for me personally, uh, is sufficient. Um, I like sometimes to seeing personal content. I will, in some occasion, uh, you know, react to it with a support or a love uh, reaction, which is, you know, I believe why LinkedIn has enabled those sorts of reactions is because sometimes doing a thumbs up on, uh, you know, a very personal post isn't necessarily appropriate and a support or a love, you know, would, would be uh, probably better. You know, we've seen some, uh, uh, you know, some Black Lives Matter content on, on LinkedIn. When it's well done and well presented, I think it's it's totally appropriate. I think um, this, this sort of concept of separating, having a hard separation between, you know, the professional me and the, uh, the personal me or the, the real day is um i think is is uh, is a utopia i mean it, it's it's never really been there it's been an, tried to be enforced but i think we gain from it when we share personal uh stories should we only share personal stories on linkedin i don't think so 
should we once in a while when something big happens share that story because there's a there's a life lesson uh, in it and uh, which you know which would benefit uh, our uh, our network and uh, our colleagues and our friends on LinkedIn because we do have those um, then yeah I, I'd say you know go ahead uh, and and share it but I think what's important in the end is your level of comfort doing that you know uh, the same as you know if you want to share your phone number your emails uh, in your contact info on LinkedIn and you're comfortable doing that go ahead if you prefer to keep your cell phone to yourself and to people close to you, and you're going to use your, you know, a generic email on LinkedIn. Do that. I'm not the one who's going to tell you to do that. Mm, good advice. And I think we're often asked that a lot. You know, where's the, what's the mix of content? What should I do? And I think what you're saying really is find your own rhythm. You know, put put it out there. See what works for you. What doesn't? You know, and you've got to have a, a kind of a mix, but see how it get comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that just comes with with experience probably and yep. everyone has to learn even we're all still learning you know so. oh it, it, absolutely every single day um so uh Listen. Oh, yeah good. yeah exactly um so dave uh, we're gonna uh, wrap up in a few minutes but any any advice to uh to really large enterprises that have um you know they're maybe working in a sector which is not uh, not synonymous with social media i'd love to get just a few last tips uh from you I would say trust your employees. I mean, you've you've hired them. You've hired them because you mistrust them or you trust them. So if you've hired these people because you, you know, you trust them and you believe they have either the skill set, the mindset to do and to bring value to your organization, to your shareholders, to the rest of the employees within the organization, well, why wouldn't you trust them on social media? And I go even farther. Plan plan ahead. Things may and might and will happen in the future that will be out of your control that might paint a negative image of that specific individual and it might come back to haunt you. But if you've told all your employees to be hush-hush on social media, then whenever somebody Googles your organization or Googles that name, the only content they'll be finding is negative content. Whereas if you've made them active, There'll be all sorts of amazing and great content and stories and opportunities. And amongst that will be those, you know, uh, soured fruit uh, in there or spoiled uh, apples in there. So I think I think it's important to trust your employees. Um, you know, that that comes also with some responsibility on your end. So make sure that you've got, you know, a, a, a strong um, social media policy. Um, you know, that's both stick and carrot. Don't do just the stick. You know, shouldn't do, shouldn't do, shouldn't, shouldn't, because, you know, this is what happens negatively. You know, add some, you know, here's how to do it better and here's why you should do it. And here's the benefit to to you, to us. So have that sort of, you've kind of set the boundaries of what, you know, the gameplay is. Um, and then I just say, you know, trust them. I mean, look at the most successful organizations that have been doing, um, you know, social advocacy and employee advocacy for you know, almost a decade now, and 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 they've put trust in their employees, uh, and they've let them go spread the uh, the knowledge, the insight, the value of that organization to the world. So, trust your employees would be great. my uh, parting words. I think that's a great great last message. And what I love about um, about what you've talked about uh, in in this chat is really 
that it's what's in it for the employee and it's it's really sort of employee first. There's no one size fits all. But I've also been impressed with how organized you are. Uh, I, I have trouble running two accounts and you're running like six, seven uh, and having conversations with your family through the network. So I don't know how you do it. Um, so hats off to your organization. But um, thank I'll you so much. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sleeps for the afterlife. Yes. So, um, so th th thank you very much for coming on. Like, we really enjoyed speaking to you. And uh, if it's anyone, been a pleasure. If anyone wants to see more of these interviews, then go to Tribal Impact or Analytica's website uh, under the resources section. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks with our next guest. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really good. Really good. Thank, thank, you. thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure as well. All right. Take Thanks, care. Mate. Bye for now.